Welcome to Advancing All Women with Sarah Alter, President and CEO of Network of Executive Women. On this show, you'll hear top executives and experts talk the most pressing topics for women in the workplace. From advancing women of color, to developing and engaging male allies, to how to navigate the new workplace post-COVID-19. Sarah will cover it all as she and her guests dig into these key issues. Now, here's your host, Sarah Alter. So, concept number one. Body positivity is a social worldwide movement focusing on equality and acceptance for all body types, skin colors, and sizes. And one of the goals of body positivity is to challenge how our society, particularly all forms of media, presents and views the physical human body. And who I am quoting today is Dr. Kristen Fuller. And you can find her and all of her incredible thought leadership um, on this phenomenal article in Very Well Mind, which is which is online. So it, it, the interesting thing about body positivity is its its historical roots stem back to 1969. And it was an engineer, and, and Dr. Fuller doesn't share if it was a male or a female, but we should probably be safe to assume it was a male, right, back in 69. But this engineer was angry about how the world was treating, and it says this in quotes, fat people. And this engineer established the National Association to Aid Fat Americans. And today this organization is known as the National Association to Advance Fat Acceptance, NAFA, the world's longest running fats right organization. And I really like I struggle with saying fat, so forgive me, but I'm 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 quoting this because I have since been enlightened and educated by our incredible guests that there's there's far better um, terminology to be using. And this fat acceptance movement, it focused on trying to end fat shaming and discrimination against individuals who did not fit society's mold according to their body shape and size. So in other words, you know, they weren't a size two, four, or six, right? Then in 1996, after entering a disorder treatment, a psychotherapist coined the term body positive after finding the website bodypositive.org. And this website offers resources and material that's designed to help people accept who they are and love their body shape. And so as it's known today, this body positive movement has just emerged across all media channels, right? And this goal of this movement is, okay, let's just eradicate this unrealistic, you know, set of feminine beauty and sizing standards and really focus on the more whole bodied, whole life, realistic approach. You know, bodies come in all shapes and sizes. We have cellulite and wrinkles. Yes, oh, I do. Um, And exercise and diet plans can sometimes be unhealthy, right? And instead, we should focus on let's eat whole nutritious foods and love our bodies as they are. You know, all bodies are beautiful. Okay, so there's two counter arguments, though, to body positivity. We're going to dive into this a little bit more. But the first is that this body positive movement has created this unhealthy culture that allows people to disregard the medical complications that often come with obesity. And, you know, and as we all know too, skinny people can be unhealthy, right? So it's, you can see some merit in this, but we're going to dive, you know, deeper into it. And then the second is that it, it continues to fuel that like focus on appearance. Like, you know, my, my confidence and my identity can only be defined by my appearance and my confidence in my appearance. And it, you know, it can be difficult to love your body daily when there are all these physical dynamics at play. And, and what we need to know is that, you know, hey, we are, we are multifaceted, right, as individuals. And there, you know, our physical appearance is just one of the many dimensions of who we are, and it shouldn't define us solely. So there's a second concept I discovered, and, and we may dive a little into this, we may not, but I thought it was super, super interesting. And then we're going to dive into our discussion 
focused on body positivity, but there was another concept I came across that I, I thought was so interesting, body neutrality, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, Denise is like, yeah. So, okay, so we're going to go there. <laughs> so instead of focusing on loving your body, no matter what, body neutrality is this philosophy that focuses on what your body can do for you. And so body neutrality promotes that, hey, we should recognize our body has remarkable abilities and non-physical characteristics instead of the physical appearance. Um, And so you may not always love your body the way it looks or you feel about it, but you may still live happily and appreciate all of the incredible things that your body can do. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, So the common thread though, let's draw them together between both concepts is we need to embrace and celebrate our bodies, our full selves. And in our discussion today, I'm going to be joined by, um, you know, right now I have two of the three and I'm still, my money's that our third guest is going to show up and that's okay. Better late than never is my mantra, but if not, we're going to share her incredible story for her, (laughs) but All of these leaders are going to share their perspectives in, and they're going to help, better yet said, is they're going to help educate us on, okay, when it comes to children, right, to these young adults, you know, they need to have the proper attitude and perspective towards their bodies. And as equally important, corporate leaders and organizations, along with that education of the younger generations, should be educating themselves and their communities and prevent any type of bias or discrimination happening in the workplace. And oh yeah, it does happen. And you'll hear about it. So I'm Sarah Alter. I'm the host of the Advancing All Women radio show and podcast and the president and the CEO of Network of Executive Women. And right now, I am joined by, and I need to find my amazing list of guests here. Forgive me, gang. And there it is. Um, Denise Hamburger, founder and executive director of Be Real USA. And it's a nonprofit that focuses on providing body confidence resources to educators and parents all over the country. I'm also joined by Jeff Orschel, America's consumer retail leader, EY. And then, like I said, my money's on Shilpa. She's going to show up. But Shilpa Vadadaria, she is the worldwide innovation lead at Amazon. And she has so many other amazing accomplishments and roles that she plays. And, and, and hopefully she'll be with us to share, you know, her, um, you know, incredible impact that she provides in so many different ways. So um, welcome, Denise and Jeff. So good to see you this morning. And I know everybody else is just hearing you. Um, okay, so let's kick it off. Um and I always say this, aside from the fact that I invited you and you graciously agreed um, to be here, um, Denise, yes. um, why are you here? What, what in your personal and professional journey has brought you to this conversation? Well, um, what I do, well, first of all, thanks for having me here. It is such of a course. pleasure to be here with you uh, this morning. So thank you for that. Um, and I'm here Really to provide background, um, what I do, I'm the founder and executive director of Be Real, as you mentioned, and we bring body confidence resources to schools um, and educators and parents across the country, and I provide background. So I provide a general survey in um, the workshop that I do called Body Confidence Schools, um, and I, I provide background on our culture, the culture's influences, uh, influences on what we believe about our bodies and how that affects our self-esteem. So I'm here to give a lot of background. Um, and, and so I just want to tell you a little bit about me. Is, of course, um, please. Okay. Um, so uh, Be Real um, teaches educators how to create body-confident school environments and parents how to create body-confident homes. Um, We also, we do a number of things. We do some advocacy work, but in addition to providing workshop for teachers and parents, we um, 
we've created a high school body image curriculum called Body Kind. There really isn't a high school level curriculum out there. And with a team of eight academics, we got together and over the past year have written a, a high school curriculum for health classes. And we are piloting it, uh, I'm proud to say, in Minnesota in March. So we do uh, workshops for teachers and um, curriculum for students. So a little bit about me. I, um, I, I'm doing this work in my second act. I was an environmental lawyer in my first act. Um, I, went to, I went back to school to figure out what I wanted to do. Second time around, and I went to the University of Chicago School of Social Work. Um, and I wrote a 37-page paper. They wanted a complex topic. So I picked my body image. Um, and body image is a complex topic. And I realized having a background in litigation um, that, that my paper would make a better talk. And I wanted to speak to women in middle age because I learned so much researching this about society's role and our feelings about our bodies um, that I wanted to get out and speak. So I started talking on the subject to groups of middle-aged women. And I quickly realized that while they were had some concerns about how they felt about their own bodies, they were very concerned about their children um, and their body image because, because of social media. So media has always contributed to our beliefs about what we're supposed to look like, but you know, it had ramped up so much with social media becoming more and more visual um, in the last, you know, eight to 10 years with Instagram and TikTok. Um, so I, hearing the parents tell me stories about their children, I have three sons, not that it wasn't an issue, but it wasn't dialed up to the level of, of some of the people I met. Um, I said, where, how can I help? Where is their need? So right. I got trained on two body image curriculum, uh, curricula for students. And I went into a class and was the guest lecturer in health class on body image. Um, and the first class I went to, to speak to the children, so I walked in, the teacher said to me, we have four kids in this class with an eating disorder, just so you know. Yeah. Like, what? Four kids in the class, that's twice the national average in a class of 25. What's going on? Right. And she said, there is this epidemic of body image problems and we have no tools. We don't know how to address it. So um, I said, wow, there is so much research on this that I found doing this paper. Um, you know, uh, it's not making its way to, to the, the, the people who could use it. So um, I went to the Illinois State Board of Education and I said, you know, there's this epidemic of problems of body image issues yeah. out there. Yeah. And I started giving her statistics and she said, uh, I don't need statistics. I have a daughter in middle school. You don't need statistics. We just need to figure out what we can do yeah. to help. So um, she said the best way to get uh, tools in the hands of, of teachers is to do a professional development workshop for teachers, which um, I created. And she said, you know, tell them what the problem is, tell them what you could do about it and give them a curriculum. And it, and it like flash forward, I, I know you've partnered with like a number of different school systems and a number of different states. And, and to your point, you know, so much of it too stems from like the parents, right? You know, the adults, you know, and our insecurities and our misperceptions. Um, Jeff, let's talk about the workplace. Cause, cause to Denise, I love it. It's like, it's the, it's the families, it's the homes, it's the schools, but it's real in the workplace too. Tell us a little bit about why you're here today and the thought leadership you can bring to this discussion. Sarah, I'm really glad to be here. Uh, a couple of things. So I, I lead our retail business across the Americas, but I'm also a member of the network of executive women. So I'm one of your allies, Thank as you. you know. Oh, oh, and he is. He so. is a male ally to the nth degree. Thank you, Jeff. <laughs> and so, quite frankly, a little commercial. If you have friends out there that you think would be a great ally, hook them up with me, and I'll help them figure out how how they can get how they can do that. So. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but you know, so from a retail perspective, this actually came front and center for me probably 12 to 24 months ago. And we had some clients that actually said, hey, we need help thinking about size inclusivity and how to do that. Yeah. And as I started to look into this, and I, I realized it's, a, it's from a retailer perspective, it's, it's how do you actually tackle that when you've, for the last however long, you've 
focused on straight sizes, right? right? But the fact of the matter is, is that 68% of women were a size 14 plus. And so there is say, a huge... Say, say that again, Jeff. It's such a staggering stat. So everybody hears it. 68% of women were a size 14 plus. Right. And so if you think about a lot of fashion retailers, they're focused on the straight sizes. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of, yeah. they're not serving a lot of women. And, and so then, so that's the first angle for why I'm here. But then the second angle is, you know, I started, as we started to get a team together to focus on this and to figure out how we put a point of view together, I sent an email to some of my colleagues and I said, hey, I want, I want you to know what I'm doing. And so I told them about this initiative that we're launching. And one woman that I'm very good friends with replied back, she was, Jeff, she was, this is a really important topic to me personally. She goes, as you know, I am a plus size woman and I have walked into stores and before I could get my wallet out or before I could even say a word, I was told by the clerk, there's nothing in here for you. And so think about how devastating that was for her and for anybody else like her, which as we know, there's a lot of people like that. So for me, I think, you know, if we want you know, to create the inclusive society that we all want to live in, we've yeah. got to solve this problem. And, and then you know, to add on to that, you know, Gen Z, is, this is a really, really important mm-hmm. issue for Gen Z. Um, 49% of Gen Z have said that they've stopped shopping at a retailer who didn't share the values that they share. Yeah. So think about that. This mean Gen Z is really an incredible generation. They've, they've had more influence on the generations that have come before them than any other generation in the past, right? So they're really teaching us older generations how we should think about the world. And so, um, you know, and, and they're now starting to come into, the, into their power where they're going to have a lot of money to spend. And so this is, uh, you know, this is, they're, they're leading the way. And for retailers, yeah. they've got to pay attention to them because they shop, they, they vote with their wallets, right? Yeah. Yeah. No. And it's, but this, this discrimination and bias is real in the workplace, right? To your point, Jeff, like even just in the retail world as consumers, we see it, we feel it. And it's also real in corporate America. Right. And I know that, you know, um, it, it, Shilpa was going to share with us. She had founded um, at Amazon an employee resource group that's focused on body positivity. Right. Let's fight that discrimination and that bias. And um, in one of the articles I was reading last night, it said there's this misperception that, um, you know, when when you are overweight, you're immediately assumed you're obese. And there's this bias that exists that it's like, oh, well, lack of willpower, lack of discipline, you know, And, and it's like. Like so completely wrong, you know, in every which way we unpack it. And and then that's where it can play forward then from a professional perspective, like, oh, well, you know, if he or she's not presenting themselves the way I think they should be, they clearly can't be a successful leader at the end of the day. And it's that whole standard, you called it, Jeff, that standard you know, let's call it a profile, right? Like the standard profile is, you know, a successful leader looks like this, which is, it, we like, uh, we could go so many different directions on that. You know, um, it's, really, it's really a part of our fat phobic society. So all right. of that yeah. you're talking about are generated from a culture that has kind of gone down this particular path. Um, you know, it's fed into by media, and, you know, and then the parents feed into that. And then, um, you know, so these are beliefs that the media that I mean, the culture holds is that there is an ideal appearance they call it the appearance ideal. And it looks like this. And one of the things we talk to with students and teachers is, uh, you know, what is that appearance ideal? We ask students and teachers, you know, what's an ideal woman supposed to look like uh, or a man supposed to look like in our society? And they can tell you right away. We know what it is from from the media. Um, And then how do we know this? You know, we're fed images, thousands of images coming at us every day. um, So that, that reinforce the, the this image. And so we've come up with certain beliefs that if a person doesn't look like the appearance ideal, it's their fault because um, the belief that, yeah. Yeah. you know, our 
diet culture, they call it also, sells us. Um, the diet industry is a $72 billion industry in 2020. Um, the, they sell us the belief that if you don't look like that, it's your fault and their product can help you with that. Yeah. So, you know, we've got this reinforced also by, by um, you know, diet culture selling yeah. us things. So this belief that you've got control over your body is not true, but that's kind of, you know, the direction this, this line of thinking has taken us. Yeah. You know, I think we all have examples of, we all know people who have tried and tried and tried to lose weight and they've not been successful. And then we got friends who eat everything under the sun and they're, they're slender. So there, there, there's a lot to that, that it's, there's just so much that's not in your control as a, as a, as a human being in terms of right. how you, how you do that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. And it, and then it begets the, um, and, and we talked about it last week, the mental health issues then or complications, you know, the stress of I'm not living up to this ideal, you know, profile, if you will. Let's, let's talk real quickly. And then we're, we're going to take a break. And after the break, we're going to dive into, okay, well, what can you as an individual, a leader in a corporate organization do? And I know, Jeff, there are some great examples of, of retailers out there that I want to shine the spotlight on. But let's talk about the terminology, like fat shaming, like don't ever want to say that again. Okay, that's the last time I say that, right? No, I think fat shaming that. Fine. No, no, fat shaming is fine. Really? Seriously? So, yeah. Okay, so yeah. why do you so, say that? Yeah. Well, so so the word fat has been co-opted into a bad thing by a fat phobic culture. But the word fat has existed forever and it's a descriptive term. It's really our perspective on the term that's the problem. I don't want to say someone's fat. Well, it's actually not a bad thing that fat people have existed forever. So people in at NAFA, who you mentioned, yeah. Um, yeah. Our, the word fat is in their title. They're fine with the word fat. So it's the word obese. That's the problem. Obese, obesity, um, overweight is a problem because overweight assumes that there is a weight, a, a normal weight that right. you should be at and you are over that, you know, so, so obese. Overweight's a problem. Obese is a disease. Obesity is categorized as a disease. And people who are in, we like to say, in larger bodies um, don't want to be assumed to have a disease. They can be perfectly healthy at any size. So, um, so people object to the O word. That's, it's it's uh, Interesting. controversial. Interesting. So some, some people who study, who study um, body size have the word obesity in their name and are fine with it. Some people ob object to it. I mean, with a group called the Body Freedom Project, and I think the tenets of the group is they call it the O word. The O word, yeah, I love that because it it it. I hearken back to we we had another great discussion on, you know, organizations need to serve all abilities, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're not handicapped. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, there's variations of what's just more appropriate and more sensitive in terms of how you refer, you know, so it's all sizes, right? We serve all sizes. Is a larger sized person insensitive to say that? A larger sized person? I So I don't think people want to be defined by their clothing size. And so, you know, you, you would say a larger right. sized person, right. They're in a larger size or a plus size person, you're referring to their clothing size. So you can say in a larger body, um, somebody's in a larger body in a smaller body, just descriptive of their body size. It's it. fine. But they don't want to refer to their clothing size. Part of the reason is it's offensive because, as uh, Jeff mentioned, two thirds of women uh, don't have, yeah. aren't in, in what we call yeah. straight sizes. So, um, there weren't clothes made for them. You hear stories of people who go to the store and you, Jeff, you had a story of somebody who, who was told to leave the store because we can't serve you. But there are stories of people who just couldn't even find clothing for themselves. And that it, it and we'll get into this, that it, 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 and it ends up historically, it's been a separate experience. Right? Separate. Like yes, I can't, I, you're not part of this community. I can't serve you here. It's a separate experience. And yes. It, there's pros and cons to that. Yeah. Oh, alrighty. So we're going to take a quick break right here. Um, 
and trust we will be back. And we're going to shift more into, okay, what can you do in the corporate organization and all the great work that Jeff and EY are doing with retailers to make sure that, you know, all body sizes feel welcome and included and belong, you know, in that retail community. I want to thank everybody who's listening in to our Advancing All Women podcast and radio show. You can always check us out at newonline.org for more information on new and all of our podcasts. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Network of Executive Women is a nonprofit dedicated to advancing all women and transforming our workplaces through the power of community. We are a growing community of more than 13,500 professional women and men, representing nearly 900 organizations across North America. We are a strong, collective voice for everyone in the corporate world who wants to see gender equality become a reality, and we welcome all who champion our cause. Members of NEW gain access to a broad network of like-minded professionals dedicated to women's equity and leadership development. Corporate organizations also gain access to DEI Solutions, which fosters a more inclusive and productive work culture. Plus, members can engage across NEW's 22 regional communities and attend two annual national conferences, which bring together the strongest minds in DEI and leadership. Join Network of Executive Women today. Visit newonline.org slash membership to learn more about becoming a member of NEW. That's newonline.org slash membership. Our thoughts and feelings not only affect our own lives, but the lives of everyone around us. Find new meanings of love, authentic expressions, and better connections with the people in your life. Tune in to Love Light with Dr. Jean Marie Farish. This program will feature guests and discuss ideas that will bring a better life to you. When you find this perspective on love, it will change everything. Listen live every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. There are lots of unanswered questions about life's problems, and this is especially true about spiritual life. Why can't we see God? Why is there evil in this world? Why does God let bad things happen to us and to others? Can we get divine help? Join Carl Mollison and co-host Brian Kelly for Get Wisdom. They have new answers from the Almighty you need to hear. And listening could definitely change your life. Tune in every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Advancing All Women with host Sarah Alter. Want to learn more about the show and about Network of Executive Women? Visit our website today at newonline.org. That's newonline.org. Now, back to Advancing All Women. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, in today's shows, we are discussing real bodies all body sizes, how do we embrace them, celebrate them, and prevent and eliminate any and all discrimination or bias against them in our society and our workplace cultures. And I'm joined by the incredible Denise Hamburger, founder and executive director of Be Real USA. And it's a nonprofit that focuses on providing body confidence resources to educators and parents all over the country. And Jeff Orschel, who is in the America's Consumer Retail Practice, he is the leader of that very amazing group at EY. So, um, Denise, let's talk about and and um, we're going to shine the spotlight on an incredible uh, another member of New and leader, um, Shilpa Vadadaria, and she 
played a very lead role in developing an employee resource group that focuses on body positivity at Amazon. And, you know, kudos to her and kudos to Amazon for making this a focus. But I know you were part of that journey with her and guiding her. Can you tell us a little bit about that organization? And we can use that as an example for what other corporate leaders and organizations can do. Yes. So Body Positive Peers is the is the group that Shilpa runs at Amazon. And, um, you know, it's a community for people who um, identify as people in larger bodies. And um, the group brings speakers in to talk about many topics that apply to them. But I think also um, they are a group within Amazon that can take some of the issues experienced by people in larger bodies to um, the you know uh, corporate culture there up up to the administration, and so they do you know bring issues of discrimination. There have been reports written, but they talk about you know forty percent of people in larger bodies experience size discrimination from employers and supervisors. There's lots of research and lots of statistics on that on this, um, and we know that compared to other job applicants with the same qualification. Uh, applicants in larger bodies are rated more negatively. They earn less. They're less likely to be hired. They're viewed as unfit for jobs with face-to-face interactions. So these are things, you know, that maybe we're not aware of that you don't experience this yeah. systemic discrimination. Um, so everybody thinks that they, you know, need to lose 10 pounds, but that's kind of like an individual you, when you're discriminating against yourself because of society. But on a larger uh, scale, this is what happens to people living in larger bodies that many of us aren't aware of. Yeah. Um, so yeah. there are instances of people not being hired due to weight, being denied promotions, there are targets of comments from other coworkers, they're penalized um, through company benefits programs for yeah. not losing weight or things yeah. like that. Yeah. So her, her body positive peers really is a is protection and brings awareness to people. Yeah. And I love that it, it, it provides that education, right? That this is a real <laughs> and prevalent, you know, form of bias and discrimination. And, and as we're all trying to enlighten ourselves and make ourselves better and more accepting, you know, leaders, it just, you know, so applaud her and, and Amazon for, you know, recognizing that. And, and I know you played a very large role in helping to make that happen too. It, yeah, it, it, it um, like you think about it, you know, I think back on, you know, the, the various corporate journeys I had, it was, you know, oh, you know, we'll pay for you, you know, to use WW, you know, we'll give you a yeah. discount on your insurance if you do. And, and, and actually WW is a, great example though like i want to call out that they are about wellness they're well, not right they're not just about weight loss they have i applaud them they've shifted their whole perspective right and mission um yeah. jazzercise like i remember you know I, I worked for a company it's like oh we have jazzercise you know it's it's like no 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 no, no. but you were just gonna say something denise sorry so so weight loss there's a lot in the culture about shifting the word weight loss to health so, you know, there, there's a little bit of a misnomer. And I would say that any, anybody, any organization that focuses on lifestyle change and healthier lifestyle is something everybody could benefit from learning different behaviors. Um, but any, any group that like something like Noom that weighs you and celebrates weight loss is still a diet. So, yeah. So I, I, I do applaud, the, you know, lifestyle behavior focus, um, but, you know, it's it can be a wolf in sheep's clothing if you're still weighing people and, you know, giving them stars or pats on the forehead for weight loss. So yeah. that's the result of behaviors. We want to focus on the behaviors, not the results. And that's part of that um, body neutrality. Body neutrality, the whole movement is the, the idea that we want to take weight out of the, the, the picture because we want to reinforce and teach healthy behaviors. Yeah. The whole self, the whole body, the, yeah. Yeah. It looks different on everybody and, and yeah. people shouldn't be required to meet a certain metric, you know, uh, especially because we know 70% of your, your body 
size is due to genetics, 30% is due to um, behavior. So there, it's something, but it's not everything. Well, and as a linebacker, there's nothing you're going to do. Yeah. <laughs> no, and it's interesting because as I was doing my research, um, okay, and, I, and I'm putting it out there, I proudly read People and Us Weekly, okay? It is a source of information and fact for me. Fact, right? Yeah. But in it, it was so funny. Um, Alicia Silverstone and then Tess Holiday. And Tess mm-hmm. Holiday is a plus-size model. Both of them came out and um, somebody was fat-shaming Alicia, Alicia Silverstone. And then her, her, her Instagram gave that person the middle finger, right? Like, love it, love it. And then Tess Holiday's story was she was sitting in the doctor's office and someone came up to her and said, you have such a beautiful face. Mm-hmm. It's a shame you don't have a healthier body. And she, of course, boss girl that she is, says, yeah, I think I'm doing okay. <laughs> you know, I am a wildly successful international model. I'm doing okay. But thank you for your feedback. But it's having that confidence, right? That's what it ends up being. It's a mix of that mental and spiritual as well as that physical confidence and 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 um, health. And, you know, and so, again, I encourage you, you know, as a corporate leader in your corporate organization, you know, if you haven't started to focus on in your benefits, right, the full health, the full body, you need to make sure you do. And, and you also need to start educating your organization and really taking a look at that this is a prevalent form of discrimination that exists. And in one of the articles I read, it's growing faster than racial discrimination. Yeah, yes. Right. Lots of articles compare it to racial or sexism, racism and sexism. But the difference is, you know, with racism and sexism, we don't have the same blame because, again, our culture believes we have control of our bodies. So we blame people when they, you know, follow outside norms. It's their fault. And then we, we, we ascribe fault to them because of personal will, willpower. So the belief yeah. is, and it is many people's experience, if I eat this and I exercise, yeah. I stay within a norm. Uh, a norm. Um, but, you know, that isn't everybody's experience. So it's, it's yeah. Yeah. understanding that someone's experience outside of your own. Somebody like Tess Holliday's got this interpersonal discrimination. So we talked about systematic, which is like education, healthcare, uh, in, yeah. in corporations, but interpersonal is where somebody thinks they can go up to the to you on the street in the doctor's office and make a comment about your body. This happens yeah. all the time. People don't yeah. know. I think, I think there's an interesting thought here, right? Because if you think about how the brain works and the concept of unconscious bias. Yes. Unconscious bias is the fact that you get all this information and you if in a rational mind you may sit down and say that I don't agree with that, I don't agree with that. But when your mind is making decisions quickly, you're using that that day that's in your head and we're yeah. being bombarded yeah. with yeah. media and social, yeah. social yeah. media and then technology that shows you what, what somebody considers to be a healthy body. And we all know that that's not the case. Right. And so, you know, part of this problem is we've got to get them. We've got to get that image out there and more, more, more of the work that you're doing to get the image out there in people's heads. That, hey, you know, what's, what's being shown on TV and social media is, is, is not right. It's not, it's not healthy. Yeah. It, so let's, let's shift there. Cause we've, we've talked about this before that, um, you know, the truly successful organization and brand are the, are the ones that there is equally focused on Deba externally and serving their customers just as much as they are internally serving, you know, their employees and their team members. Right. And there are some incredible brands out there that have really stepped into what you're saying, you know, Jeff, right? Like they're like, hey, I'm going to worry about and really curate and continue to elevate that experience that all consumers want to have. And, and then particularly when it comes down to the body sizes, you've got like, your targets, you've got your, you know, your gap, your old Navy, your Athleta. Talk to us a little bit about what they've done 
in, in this front. And they do it across so many dimensions, right? Not just body size, but, you know, ethnicity and, and, and so on. But talk to us about those best practices. You know, it's interesting because <clears throat> the ones you mentioned, I think, are the ones that come to mind as the ones kind of kind of leading the way. Um, right. You right, know, Old yeah. Navy did their, they launched body equality last fall. And so they, they expanded yeah. their size lineup to be, I think, think zero through size 30. And you can get almost all of those sizes in their stores. I think the size 30 is only available um, through their website, mm-hmm. but most of those mm-hmm. sizes are available through the store. You know, when you talk to Target about this, and I, you know, a lot of these companies, when you talk about that, that are long, further along in the journey, when you ask them about size inclusivity, they tell you what they're doing, but then they quickly pivot and they add on shape, add on ethnicity because different, you know, ethnicities have different shapes of bodies. They tag on gender because, you know, yeah. it's not binary. It's, it's a spectrum, right? And so how do you actually serve everybody on that gender spectrum? And then some of them, even, yeah. Yeah, some of them even will put in disabilities in that as well. And so you mentioned Target and Target got yeah. rid of their young men's and their young women's department. And they got just a young adults department, right? And that's kind of how they're trying to serve everybody. Um, there's a, uh, a, a lingerie company that now has a transgender model modeling their clothing, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. And so you'll see, and, and if you pay attention to um, that, their advertisements, um, a lot of these companies, they're using a broad spectrum of sizes and shapes and ethnicities that they're celebrating the human body, regardless of, of what size and shape it is. It's, it's quite fascinating. And, and you know, the, the interesting thing there is that from a retail perspective, you, as a customer, your purchase intent goes up when you see somebody else wearing clothing that you can relate to. Yeah. So if I'm a, right? if I'm a yeah. size 18 and I see a size four modeling at top, I'm, I'm going to buy yeah. that. But oh, yeah. if you can see somebody in your same shape, your same size, your same gender, your same ethnicity, the purchase intent goes up 150 to 300%. Right. And so it makes just one, it's the right thing to do for society, but it makes good business sense when you're able to actually show people, people like them wearing the same clothing that you're trying to sell to. And I, it, it's, 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 it's tricky though, right? Because it's like, you know, in the business world, you know, we're taught you got to simplify, right? And so you, you simplify, you limit, you know, when you, when you try to be everything to everyone, you know, yes. you may not end up being able to be successful profitably, you know, at the end of the day, but on the flip side, you know, it, 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 there are other amazing brands like Eloquy and Ashley Stewart, and, and they are more exclusively focused, you know, on all body sizes, um, the, you know, more towards outside of the standard size range, right? Plus sizes. Plus sizes. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. But it's, at the same time, it's like, I keep thinking about, and this is what we've been talking about, like, oh, well, you know, I have to, I have to go off here. <laughs> to get my closes. I can't be part of the larger community or society. And sometimes that exclusive experience, I think is probably a beautiful thing. And other times it can create that, that, that rift, right. That chasm yeah. between you and, and society, right. Or am I, am I just being yeah. off base here? <laughs> Denise, I think you want to say something. I'm sorry. Or, <laughs> I just, just no, sorry. That eloquy um, experience can be a wonderful experience. So, you know, people have complained walking into a store and they don't have their size and then they have to go to, you know, Lane Bryant and then they're in, you know, right. Right. so the, the experience isn't good. The options aren't good. Eloquy pr- pr- has beautiful clothing. So you're getting kind of great service, beautiful. beautiful clothing. They'll accessorize you. So it's a great experience. So it's not a less than experience. It's really um, fabulous. So some of these other 11 Honoré, um, they have, uh, you know, designers in plus sizes and, and that can be yeah. a great experience. And they're built, as you were talking about, Jeff, they're built for the, you know, the bodies the, they have the right ratios for their bodies. So, so then it boils down more to, oh, sorry, Jeff, it, it boils down more to choice, 
I want to have the choice. So to your point, Denise, I can have, you know, an eloquise, you know, a part of, of Walmart, you know, one of our incredible partners, I want to have that beautiful exclusive experience, or I want to be able to go to a target or a gap and, you know, pick up the t-shirt and jeans, you know, if I choose to, sorry, Jeff, you were, you were going to go ahead. No, I I was, I think this, because we kind of talked about, um, we kind of talked about how do you actually relate to your customer, right? And it can be a daunting task to think about how am I going to do, how many, how many different models do I need to hire? And there's interesting technology that's actually being used by some retailers. And I just see this is going to pro- become very prolific where they're using artificial intelligence. So I can go on and pick a model that relates to me. And then I can yeah. say yeah. this size, this, this, this size and this shirt, and it, and it will actually not just render that on that model, but it will actually show you how it will fit. It will show you where it will gape. It will show you where it tugs too tight and things like that. And so th- in, the, in the age of you know, technologies moving faster than ever, this is probably going to be something that we're going to see in retail probably within the next five years as a, as a mass adopted technology. Yeah. Yeah. No. I And, and, and that is fantastic because to your point, it's, it's very much, you know, it gets back to that, you know, if you can see it, you can be it. Exactly. <laughs> you know, we say that all the time, you know, from like a career perspective, you know, um, particularly for women, but um, but it also just from a personal perspective, you know, you can be inspired, you know, like, oh, look how beautiful that looks on her. That'll look beautiful on me. You know, she and I look very similar and, um, you know, clearly. Um, so interesting. You know, you- I think everybody's trying to figure out with this new, you know, uh, these new ideas, how to address them in the business world. How do we be size inclusive and what is the right move to make? I I think initially, I I remember Nordstrom's had like the size zero model and then the size 26 and that was it. They didn't bring a whole range of people like you see in Athleta and, you know, Gap's advertisement. And, And I think, you know, the business world is learning what's more appealing. It's not just showing it in a very large body and a very, you know, skinny body. It's really about showing lots of diversity. I remember when I went into, uh, in Times Square, I went into Aerie, you know, Aerie of American Eagle brand. Oh, They're yeah. Sizing yeah. brands. And um, the, the mannequins are in all different sizes. And it was the I first time seven years ago, I walked in there and I, I love couldn't that. believe it. I'd never seen you know, all these different size mannequins and you couldn't tell what any sizes were. And all of the sudden something like snapped in my mind, I've only seen size zero. And so I'm just assuming I'm large, but now I'm seeing, you know, size eight, size 10, size, you know, and it went all the way up. I think they go up to 26 or 30. I'm not sure, but um, you know, you're seeing different, they look great. Like it's really a reinforcement as you're saying, you know, that, that, you know, you can yeah, look yeah, good. Yeah. People look good in all sizes. It's not just this, you, you need to be the model or have the clothes hang off you to, to be, to be pretty or, or attractive. It's, and so it's opening the world up. Absolutely. And, and, and as you'd referenced, you know, Jeff earlier, the, the, the other community too, that it better serves is those, you know, how you, your gender identity. You know, do you identify non-binary? You know, are are you embracing? You know, um, you are a tra- you consider yourself a transgender, and so it 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 better serves that incredible community as well. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, yeah. it it's um, yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah, yeah. No, because I'm sitting here thinking like. I remember, like, I always liked, and, and, and I love all jeans. So I, you know, but I, I, you know, I have to be careful when, who I call out and when and why, but I remember I loved Eddie Bauer jeans because I could wear a smaller size. Okay. That's twisted, right? Like that's exactly counter to what we're talking about today. But I remember people get right up on the number. Yeah. 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 And you can't. You can't, the number doesn't define you, you know, it's, it's who you are, you know, and, and how you create impact and value in society. I like, you know, that's what defines you. Right? Jeff, you're talking about historically, but clothes used to be made to fit people. It wasn't like you were trying to have a person fit. 
size. When you, I know. <laughs> yeah. So they would measure your body and cut out some clothes for you. And that's how clothes, you know, worked forever until we had mass produced clothing. And it was just trying to get you to head to the right rack. So, you know, it really wasn't about defining your worth, but the, you know, things flipped, you know, when the number on the scale flipped into defining your, you and your size clothing, just some, some rabbit hole that society went down by a hyper-focus on appearance. Yeah. It, it, I, okay. So I haven't weighed myself in two and a half years. Yeah. I have no idea what I weigh. I never let the doctor tell me. Um, the only thing I monitor now are my blood tests. Exactly. There are other ways to, to determine. Right. You know, yeah. it's interesting, Sarah. We, we just launched, we just published some Gen Z research. And it was this first party research where we pulled together a bunch of, a bunch of uh, young, young well, older teens and young adults. And we asked them their perspectives on physical health mental health, and then also social media. And make sure one of the themes that came out of this group that we were talking to said Gen Z, Gen Z sees physical health as how you feel in your own body. Mm. Well, society, media, and the internet still equate body size to health. I, and yeah. so they're, they're smart. They get it, right? Yeah. Yeah. But there's no. still that pressure that, that is out there. And we see every day. And then that pressure is, yeah. Manifesting itself as an unconscious bias. <sighs> All righty. So, I, it, you know what? We're at the end of the show. I, I need to, like, I say this every week. I'm like, Voice America, we need a two hour show. <laughs> um, so, Denise and Jeff, you were amazing. Thank you so much for you know sharing your passion and and your thought leadership and you clearly educated me and I know you educated those who were listening in and you know to Jeff's point like hey let's look and lean into the future here you know we we have the power and the leadership to make this change happen you know to eliminate this discrimination and bias and be we we all need to be positive about who we are our full selves so thank you again denise and jeff and i want to thank everybody who joined us today um in voice america thank you thank you thank you you have given me and new the opportunity to share our voice and our mission with with our audience but more importantly to shine the spotlight on those pivotal topics and amazing leaders like Denise and Jeff. So in our show next week, um, do not miss this show. Um, we are going to be hearing from leaders who have battled personal trauma in their lives. They moved beyond it. And now they are selflessly, selflessly stepping up to guide others in their own similar traumatic journeys. Um, it's gonna be an incredible, incredible discussion. To learn more about NEW and listen to all of our podcasts, check us out at newonline.org. And huge favor, and I have not heard from a single person, so I don't know what's going on here, but please audience members, I would love to hear your thoughts on topics. So reach out to me at inspire, I-N-S-P-I-R-E at newonline.org. I'm Sarah Alter, and thank you for always listening. Thanks for listening to Advancing All Women with host Sarah Alter. Be sure to tune in again next week. Our program is live every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment or catch our replays weekly on Voice America Influencers. Until we talk again, enjoy your week.